It's wonderful to be back at Park End with my friends, and I don't mind being called an old friend because I am an old man and an old friend of uh, Park End. Been coming here for decades. I feel it's part of uh, me now, as I feel part of you. Our reading today from the second uh, epistle of Paul to Timothy is the epistle chosen in the lectionary for the second Sunday of Lent. And that's what takes me to it today. And uh, it's wonderful. Let me just uh, read that verse 7. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. So do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord. Do you feel that like that today? That you have a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline? I, uh, we have at home in our, our hall, we have a, a beautiful picture of a ginger cat who's looking into a mirror. And what does he see as his reflection? A lion. An ordinary ginger pussycat seeing himself as a lion. How do you see yourself? An awful lot of people have been feeling very down this past year being locked in as we have been. And some suffer naturally from a, a low self-esteem, as it's called. I want to tell you that um, I was born with a speech impediment. And uh, until I went to school and they discovered what the cause was, everyone thought I was stupid. In fact, there was a, a not very nice name uh, for me. And, and during my school years, I was bullied, even in Rose Park Secondary Modern School down the road because I was slow to learn because of my speech impediment. Thank God it's gone. <laughs> and uh, I overcame it with the help of uh, speech therapists. But more importantly than that, you know, I discovered as a young Christian not to see myself as other people see me, but to see myself as God sees me. I can look into a mirror and I can see myself as a lion, no, I see myself in Christ. And that's what this passage is about. Paul is writing to Timothy, who suffered low self-esteem. You see, he was often unwell. He was naturally timid. And uh, Paul was writing to him and saying, listen, don't, look, don't let other people look down on you because you're young, but be an example of the believer. Uh, God has not given us a spirit of timidity. He suffered with a spirit of timidity. No, God has given us, Timothy, see yourself like this. He's given us a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. Have you ever said, I, well, I couldn't possibly do that when someone has asked you to do something, perhaps, in the church? Oh, I, I couldn't do that. Look into the mirror and see yourself in Christ, and you can say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's what this is all about today. The very next word, after being told that we've been given such a, a spirit of power, of love and self-discipline, is the word so. So do not be ashamed to testify about the Lord or ashamed of me, his prisoner. Timothy and all Christians, including us, are to be bold in our witnessing and in our suffering and in our fellowshipping. It's only possible as we abide in Christ, as we stay close to the Lord Jesus, 
And we day by day are freshly filled with the Holy Spirit. That's the Spirit, the Holy Spirit that gives us this power of love and self-discipline. So what do I want to share this morning? Three things. First of all, because you've got the Spirit of Christ in you, don't be ashamed to witness. Verse 8 of our reading, Do not be ashamed to testify about the Lord, but join with me in suffering for the gospel. Secret Christianity is a real temptation, isn't it? Sometimes we want to hide because we know that when people know that you're a Christian in a secular society, you might be picked on. But I want to tell you, there should be no such thing as a secret disciple. We need to nail our colors to the mast. You know, the, the word testify there is our English word martyr. Think about that. See, to be a Christian implies that you're willing to be a witness. And if you witness, you put yourself at risk of becoming a martyr. But you can't be a dying martyr until you are a living martyr. We are to live out the Christian life. It's never been possible to take up the cross of our Lord Jesus without stirring up opposition. The good news so often sounds as bad news to our self-indulgent dark world. But we must never shrink from the cost of being a bold witness for our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me remind you, we have a responsibility. We each of us have a unique circle of acquaintance. You will know some people that I don't know. And I'll know some people that you don't know. And it's our responsibility to reach them with the good news. Got it? You're charged with being a witness to those that you know. We've got good news to share in this good news, in this bad news world. You're tempted to turn off the news sometimes, aren't you? Because the news is so bad. But what is our good news? God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Isn't that good news? People that are facing a tough life need to know that they're loved by God. People facing death need to know that there's life beyond death through faith in our Lord Jesus. It's because of the bold witness of the early church they were, of course, persecuted. But they took strength. They spoke the word of God boldly on the eve of St. David's Day. Wearing my little daffodil here. St. David was a remarkable man. He was not ashamed to witness. He traveled widely, telling people about the Lord Jesus. You know, he, he, he was a monk, but he wasn't closeted away. He was out telling people about Jesus. He established 10 communities of believers in an unbelieving world, one of them being St. David's, of course. He wasn't ashamed, and neither should we be. Let me congratulate you, Park End, on the creative ways that you found of getting the word out during the past year. It hasn't been easy, but we thank God for the technology and the technicians that have been able to get the word out. Well done. We've been locked down. We haven't been able to come here. But the gospel has got out. Do you know uh, one of our churches in Penarth called Eden, they were really challenged when they were told they couldn't meet together. So one of their members took it to the elders 
asked if they would own it. They've set up a, a Facebook page called Why Follow Jesus 365. It's a page worth looking up if you've got Facebook. Do you know, through that page, they've encouraged people to engage with the good news. And over the past year, they have literally seen dozens of people profess faith in the Lord Jesus. Isn't that good news? And more than that, they've been discipling all of them during the past year as well, in the best way that they can. And while they were allowed during the summer, not being allowed to meet in church, they took the good news out to the cliff walk in Penarth. And they saw other people stopping, saying, what's this all about? And engaging at a safe distance, of course, engaging with them. And they saw others coming to faith on the cliff top in Penarth. I just say hallelujah. We have to find ways of getting out there and sharing the good news. Let me say to you, friends at Park End, don't be ashamed to witness. There's nothing to be ashamed about. It's good news that we have to share. But when you do, you can expect difficulty and opposition. So don't be ashamed to suffer is the next word. In verse 8 of our reading, So do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord or ashamed of me as prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God who has saved us and called us to a holy life. These words mean literally that we need to endure evil treatment for being a Christian. The Greek word suffering literally means to suffer ill with me. This phrase was coined to stress that Timothy couldn't keep suffering at arm's length. He had to take his share of the ill treatment too. And so must we. There is a cost to being a disciple. And we must be willing to witness no matter what the cost. We know that Timothy did actually suffer imprisonment. Paul, uh, the writer to the Hebrews, says in Hebrews 13, 23, I want you to know that our brother Timothy has now been released from prison. If he arrives soon, I will come with him to see you. But whatever form suffering takes, we've got to be willing to bear it. It isn't easy to be a Christian at any time. And in this 21st secular society, 21st century secular society, people don't want to hear the good news that we have to share. But share it we must. Their eternity is at stake. And your telling them the good news can be the difference between life and death, between heaven and hell. I want you to notice in verse 8 of our reading, really good news. It says, embedded in the cost, there are glorious gospel words. By the power of God, who has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything that we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. Great words, saved. Are you saved? Then you have been called to a holy life. And, and why did God call you? Was it because you deserved it? You were especially good? No, he says, it's because God has a purpose and a plan for your life. Hallelujah. And it called you by his grace. Not by anything that we have done. It's unmerited favor. What's been the cost of your being a disciple, I wonder? Has there been any cost? If you've never had to suffer for being a Christian, 
even in the United Kingdom, do you know, it puts a doubt on whether or not we're a Christian at all. Because the Bible is clear, whom the Lord loves, he disciplines, he, he chastens. And that's painful. Look at verses 11 and 12 of our reading. Of this gospel, I was appointed a herald, an apostle, and a teacher. That is why I'm suffering as I am. Yet I'm not ashamed because I know, yet I am not ashamed. And I love these words, made into a hymn. But I know whom I have believed, and I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Paul was facing certain death. These were two of the last letters that he ever wrote before he was executed. But he knew whatever happened to him, it was going to be for his good and God's glory. He believed what he wrote in Romans 8.28. We have the same assurance. It's a blessed assurance. So don't be ashamed to witness. Don't be ashamed to suffer. And finally, and in many ways, most importantly, at this critical time in our national life, don't be ashamed to fellowship. In verse 8, don't be ashamed of me, his prisoner, but join me in my suffering. And compare that with verses 15 and 17. You know that everyone in the province of Asia has deserted me, including Figulus and Hermogenes. May the Lord show mercy to the household of Anesiphorus, because he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. Oh, fancy being mentioned in a letter that you were deserters. And these two men are mentioned. But oh, to be an, an Anesiphorus, mentioned because when Paul knew the going was tough, he stood with him to the end. Paul's apostle, apostleship had led him to a dungeon and onto death row. How could his friends desert him? But there was at least one that's mentioned that stood with him. Now listen, we're all going through tough times and we need each other desperately, don't we? You may know the name of G.K. Chesterton. Some of you of my age may have even read him. Some of you younger might have heard of Father Brown. He wrote the Father Brown stories. But this is what G.K. Chesterton wrote. We're all in a leaky boat together on a stormy sea, and we owe each other a terrible loyalty. Got that? We need each other. And can I encourage you as we're coming to the end of this word today, this week to be creative on a personal level, to find ways in which you can reach those that are still shielding and sheltering, still in their homes. You know, some people haven't been out for 11 months. How can you encourage them? Christian brothers and sisters, find a way. It may be a phone call. It may be an email. It may be a text. Who doesn't text today? Find some way. I want to tell you, I've been encouraged by people that are phoning me up to make sure in my old age that I'm still okay. And I've been inspired to actually phone other old people to encourage them too. Could you do something this week? Don't be ashamed to identify with each other. We, as Chesterton said, we're in a leaky boat together. A lovely image, isn't it? 
and we owe each other a terrible loyalty. So don't be ashamed of being a Christian. Don't be ashamed to witness. We've got good news to tell. Don't be ashamed to suffer. Witnessing inevitably leads to suffering. And don't be ashamed of fellowship. Identify with each other and find new ways this week of encouraging those that can't get out yet. And to God be the glory. May you encourage the journey through Lent. Come at the other end, celebrating the risen Christ, present with us in good times and in bad. Thank you for the opportunity of coming today. God bless you all.